the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hi, this is Ken Anderson from Walter Anderson Nursery. Garden Talk is back on the air. Join David Ross, Mark Mahady, George Allman, and myself Saturday mornings at 6 a.m. on KPraise 1210 AM and 106.1 FM North County. For all the latest information and trends going on in the gardening and horticultural world, we will have timely advice and information on seasonal topics, and we can answer your questions on the air. Once again, tune in to Garden Talk right here at 6 a.m. Saturday mornings. What's right, what's left, with Pastor Ernie Sanders. In my opinion, you're a fool if you believe in yourself more than God. Well, all right, God, look, I'll give you one hour Sunday morning, and that's yours. But don't ask for more. Don't don't interfere in my life. I got, I've got a life here, God, and uh, I don't need anybody. I can take care of things. That's a fool. That is a fool. Don't miss What's Right, What's Left, weeknights at 7 p.m. and Sunday nights at 11 p.m. on K-Praise. Hi, I'm Ryan McFadden with We Love San Diego. As an actor, I got to share the screen with the likes of Robin Williams and Don Johnson and later became part of the MTV stand-up comedy tour. But through the power of the gospel, God radically changed my life and I believe that he can do the same for you. God has a purpose and a plan for your life that goes far beyond what you could imagine or think. For a powerful, life-changing message that will bless you and your family, don't miss We Love San Diego Sundays at 9 a.m. on Praise. Harvest Ministries and Greg Laurie present a new devotional book on marriage by authors Levi and Jenny Lusco. Levi told me that this is the book he wished he had been able to read, but it wasn't out there. So he wrote it with his wife. And there's a lot of great interaction between Levi and Jenny in this book. It's very personable. It's fun. So order your copy of The Marriage Devotional by Levi and Jenny Lusco, and we'll send it to you for your gift of any size. Available at harvest.org. Thank you for joining us today for On the Road with Jesus, hosted by Rody Fisher. As a Christian mom for over 40 years and a teacher of the Bible in public schools for 25 years, Rody will take you on a journey with some of her friends as they share their experiences and testimonies from their walk with Christ. You'll see that you are not alone in your search for God, your victories with Him, or your failures. Welcome to On the Road with Jesus. Now, here's your host, Rody Fisher. Welcome to On the Road with Jesus. My name is Rody Fisher, and the name of the show is On the Road with Jesus. Thank you for joining us. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you so much for being with us today. Lord, we ask that you would order our steps, myself and Sean. Be with us, Lord, and be with our words and our thoughts. And Lord, let there be someone out there that would just be blessed um, and would be saved today through your word. We ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Hi. I, I first want to kind of give you an update of what's been going on with me. As you probably know, I have been away for, Sean, I think two months. And my shows have all been taped. So um, this is the first live, real live show and not a tape show in about two months. And so I've got the nerves again, Sean. I haven't had this nerves for a long time, but being away for that many weeks and months, I'm a little bit nervous. But welcome. I did want to tell you that my husband and I have been on vacation. We've had tons of stuff to do. We wanted to celebrate Christmas and with the family. So we took some time off and to get ready for that, I had pre-recorded um, all those shows. So thank you for being patient with me, because as you could tell from looking at the past shows, I was really on the road taping those shows. Most of them were taped out of the studio. So thanks, guys, for just hanging in there with me. 
Today, we are going to be in Psalm 50. Um, so, Lord, give us understanding of your word. Thank you, Lord. So we're going to begin with um, a little bit of background. Um, Asaph is the writer of the psalm. He happens to be one of three choir leaders or worship leaders, um, the head of the Leviticus choir there. Um, I, I don't know how else to explain it, but he's he's one of the big choir members in the temple there. Um, and these psalms, as you probably know, were either sung or chanted. There might have been music with it. Um, we don't know. Um, we do know that oftentimes there was um, something. Um, but here, here he goes. And this psalm, I believe, is more of a judgment psalm. And so we're going to start here. The mighty one, God, the Lord. There's a comma there. So there's three names of God there. The mighty one, God, the Lord. I would, it's just my opinion, but I would look at that and think, well, that could be the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The mighty one, God, the Lord. It's interesting when there's three names like that, I always think, could that be the three-in-one God that we serve? <clears throat> it's not clear about that, but I, I like to think that. Then it says, speaks and summons the earth from the rising of the sun to the place where it sets. What I think here is it's summoning sounds like a court to me. So because this is a judgment type, God's going to judge the people here, it feels like court, kind of legal terminology. Um, he, so God is speaking, and he summoned, summons, it says, and summons the earth from the rising of the sun. So that's the East Coast or the Far East to the place where it sets. So all the way from the east to the west, it's he summon, he's summoning everyone um, to come. And when you think about this, this was written when the temple was, I believe, there in Jerusalem. So he wants all of the people to, to come to, um, to temple. I think the other thing that's kind of interesting is, you know, when in, in Deuteronomy 30, um, 19, where Moses is um, renewing his covenant between the Lord and Israel um, on the plains of Moab, he, he uses, he calls upon heaven and earth to serve as like a third party witness to what, what he's doing, you know, this covenant with the Lord. And so right here you say, it says here, and summons the earth. So it feels like he's summoned his, you know, it's the earth involved too. Um, and when you look at verse, I'm going to jump ahead a little bit. And verse six here in the same Psalm, Psalm 50, it says, and the heavens proclaim his righteousness. So the heavens is proclaiming his righteousness and he's summoning, summon, what is the word? Is it summoning or summonsing? I should have thought about that before I said it. Anyway, he's, he's bringing, he's calling for them to come together, the earth, the heavens. And he, he uses that kind of phrase the Lord does in a lot of different places in the Bible. And one of which I pointed out in, in Deuteronomy thirty nineteen. So um, he's wanting to gather these people together. Why? Well, we'll see from Zion, perfect in beauty. God shines forth and our God comes and will not be silent. 
a fire devours before him, and around him a tempest rages. So he's not coming quietly. He is coming with some things to say. Uh, Verse 4, he summons the heavens above and the earth. So here it is again, those bringing the, the heavens and the earth together that he may judge his people. Again, I think it's like that third party witness I just said, that he is bringing the heaven and earth together, saying, hey, listen, I've got things to say here. And, and here it is. So verse five, gather to me my consecrated ones who made a covenant with me by sacrifice. So this was obviously during the time when they were bringing their fatted calf, their, their no spotted, you know, no spots on it, um, their calves or whatever it was that they needed to bring for their sacrifice, whether it was, um, you know, an animal or maybe a grain offering. Um, so he's made that covenant with Israel and he's trying to gather his people that are, were consecrated by him. And he's saying, I've made this covenant with you regarding the sacrifice. And what I think about when I read this is, you know, um, when we take our offering to the Lord, we really want to take our offering with a cheerful heart. It, it says in his word, God loves a cheerful giver. We really need to watch what we're doing for the Lord and and do it in the, with the right heart. And that's what he's, he's, he's pointing out. I've made a covenant, covenant with you for you know, these sacrificial things that you're going to be giving me. And by the way, all these things that they're giving him belong to him anyway. All our money that we have are the gifts that he's given us belong to him. Our talents, I mean, we're nothing without him. So he's gathering his consecrated ones. Um, verse 6. And the heavens proclaim his righteousness, for God himself is judge. So God is the only one that is righteous, right? Um, We stand here in front of the Lord because of Jesus dying on the cross for our sins. So we can be righteous only because he is righteous and we're clothed in his righteousness. It's not us. Um, I, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to pretend that we're we're nothing. We're everything for to God. He died for us. We're valuable to Him. I don't want people to think. I was listening to my friend um, Theria, and she mentioned this. I think it was yesterday, or no, yeah, yesterday, where she said, um, "God values us. He died. He gave everything." Jesus gave his whole life for us. That's how valuable we were. God the Father gave his only begotten Son that whosoever should believe in him. You know, he gave everything. That's, and you know, people have said this before. If we were just one person on earth, Jesus would have died for us. But we're not. There's seven seven billion people plus people on this earth. He died for everyone on this earth now and everybody in the past and everybody that's going to come in the future. He's died for all of us. And so there's value there. He thinks so much of us. Um, But the fact of the matter is we're righteous only because he was righteous and we were his righteousness once we've accepted him as our savior. And so he's he's telling the heavens proclaim his righteousness. They're, the heavens are already saying God is righteous. And God himself is judge. 
Okay, now verse 7. Hear, O my people, I will speak. O Israel, I will testify against you. I am God, your God. I do not rebuke you for your sacrifices or your burnt offerings, which are before me. I have no need for a bull from your stall or, or, or of goats from your pens. For every animal of the forest is mine and the cattle on a thousand hills. So yeah, everything is his. He made all the animals. He made all the people. He made the heavens and the earth. Um, I, I know that I think about how sometimes we think we get so smart. I'm not saying we, me, or we, you. I'm saying we, anybody. Think about the scientists or, you know, I don't know, some smart, um, and I'm saying book smart because, you know, you can get knowledge from a lot of different places, but God is the only one that can give us wisdom. I'm talking about people that get so, they, they've got umpteen degrees and, you know, a doctorate on this and whatever, or they've got a lot of money and they begin to think outside of this book. And I, I keep thinking to myself, the day you can create your own heaven and earth, that's the day that you can call the shots. These people that are, you know, making up stories about global warming or I don't know, just different things. Um, so brilliant. No, you have to stay with what God says here. He owns the cattle on the thousand hills. And he's telling us, I have no need for your bull. They're already mine or the goats or the sheep or any animal. And this is the covenant he made that they would, you know, bring to the altar what God has already given them. So what is he looking for? He's looking for our heart to be in this. You know, just recently, um, I don't want to name the person because I don't want to out him, but he's a very dear relative of ours, like close family member, I'll just say that, um, said to us just the other day, just because you call yourself a Christian doesn't mean you are one. And this person said to us, I have changed so much. I really am following Jesus now. And that really is what God wants. Make time for him. Get into the word. Follow him. Um, get to know him. Have that relationship with him. How? By getting into the word. By having, you know, fellowship with others. I know that this is difficult in this COVID time, but there's many ways of, you know, zooming to a friend, FaceTiming a friend, a relative, getting involved with your, if you can't go to church, zoom in, um, that kind of thing. But stay connected. Get to know the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit personally. Um, that's the way you become a follower of Jesus. Um, it's that relationship that you have with him. <clears throat> okay, let's keep going. Um, we're on verse 11. I know every bird in the mountains and the creatures of the field are mine. If I were hungry, I would not tell you, for the world is mine and all that is in it. I think that's a really funny statement, um, Sean. If I were hungry, I wouldn't even ask you for food. Like, how could, you know, yeah, he owns everything. 
why would he ask us? Um, and, you know, what could we do? He owns everything. He's saying here, if I were hungry, I would not tell you because you couldn't help me. I own it all. I created all this. And that's what I said earlier. Um, if you're big enough, smart enough, got all the money in the world, that, that you can create your own earth. I'm not talking about taking the ground that God has already created here or the water that God has already created here. That's not creating anything. God already created this. You want to create your own thing, go create it somewhere else, somewhere outside of this universe. God already created all the stars, the sun, the moon, you want to call the shots, you go create it somewhere. But anyhow, he's saying here, I think it's kind of cute. If I were hungry, I would not tell you. For the world is mine and all that is in it. Do I eat the flesh of bulls or drink the blood of goats? Sacrifice thanks offerings to God. Fill your vows with vows, vows, like, you know, I make this vow to you, to the Most High. And call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you and you will honor me. So he's pointing out to the Israelites at the time. You know, those. This, there's a scripture that says obedience is better than sacrifice. He wants us to follow him. I was just texting my that same girlfriend um, this morning. Obedience, it's a good word. It's easy to follow him. He's got these rules. All we've got to do is walk in it. And he helps us along. He picks us up even when we fall and falter with all these rules. Um, he's just made a way for us. It's perfect. So call upon me in the day of trouble and I will deliver you and you will honor me. He doesn't want us to be forced to honor him. He just wants us to do it lovingly. Um, I know that we, most of us really have love our parents. I know some people that don't because they've had to be honest, rotten parents. I, I didn't experience that. Fortunately, our parents were very loving. And so even when we were in disagreement with something, they still loved us and we loved them. Well, God is like a hundred, a thousand times more than that, loving. And so he's expecting us to honor him in a loving way. And sometimes because I think we don't see him. I have a grandson that um, is autistic and he loves the Lord. And he said to me one day, you know, I've been praying that, um, that God would let me see his face. Why will he not let me see his face? Why is he hiding from me? And I thought to myself, he was really young then, and I, I thought to myself, I said, listen, I almost said his name, but I don't want to. Anyhow, I said, listen, you know how excited you are when you're, it's Christmas time and you've seen that gift sitting under the tree for several weeks, maybe almost a month? And how desperate you are to open it up and how excited you get when you finally open it and see it. I says, God wants us to be excited when we finally see his face, when we get to heaven. It's that anticipation of, oh my goodness, there he is. And he says, okay, they call me Gigi. Okay, Gigi, I get that. Um, but anyway, um, we really want to honor God, whether we see him or not. I know some people have had dreams 
of Jesus or maybe even a vision. I don't know. But stay in the word and you will see his face here. Stay in the word. Get into a practice of just getting up and reading a chapter or two. Um, Maybe even just a few verses, if that's all the time you have for that day. And he, his face will become clearer to you. Okay, so verse 16. But to the wicked, God says, what right have you to recite my laws or take out my covenant on, on your lips? Or take my covenant on your lips. He's saying, you have no right. If you have not made a commitment to the Lord, you have no right to this. You know, you need to step forward first and say, okay, today is the day I'm going to accept Jesus as my Savior. Accept the Lord into your heart. Follow him. And then everything becomes yours. Through, through the Lord, of course. Okay, verse 17. You hate my instruction and cast out my words behind you. When you see a thief, you join with him. You throw in, you throw in your lot with adulterers. So he's listing the things that, you know, we have all done, not we have all done, but we've, what they've done and what a lot of us have done. Um, I'm not going to own up to anything here yet. Use your mouth for evil and harness your tongue to deceit. Well, I think some of us have been deceitful a time or two. I love the way Ray Comfort says it um, when he um, approaches someone, some stranger on the street. I'm sure you've seen it, Sean, where he'll say, you know, um, do you think you're a good person? Do you think you're going to go to heaven? And they go, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm a good person. And they say, you know, but but by these standards, do you think you'll go to heaven? Um, do you th- have you ever stolen anything? And they'll go, well, yeah, I might have stolen a thing or two. Or they'll giggle and say, yeah, I've I've taken stuff. And he's they'll he'll say, well, by your own admission, you're you're a thief, right? And then they'll he'll say, um, have you ever lied? Oh yeah, I've lied. Many times. Well, again, by your own admission, you're a lying thief. <laughs> anyway, God God has made a provision for us when we do fall. But what these things that he's listing is, these are things that they're continuing to do. And yet they're, you know, throwing in this burnt offering, bringing their, their sacrifices and with an evil heart, they still want to do this stuff over here. Um, there's got to be a repentance to some of the things that we've done. We're sorry, and we're not going to do it anymore, or we're going to try not to do it anymore. Not, um, well, I know I should, somebody was just saying the other day, I know I shouldn't be living with this girl, but, you know, I'm sure God will forgive me. Well, that's the kind of sin he's talking about, this ongoing stuff. You're bringing your burnt offerings to me. I don't really want it. Not with that kind of a heart. It means, I remember, um, you know, some of those old shows where you have the mafia and they, they would take, I don't know, hundreds of dollars to the, to the priest, as if that could erase all the stuff they're doing, stealing, robbing, lying, killing. And I, I'm not going to say that they're all doing that, but I guess they are. And they, as a, as a 
bonus or, you know, to clear their conscious conscience, they're giving money to the church as if that's going to erase their sins. And this is the kind of stuff that he's talking about here. He doesn't want that. When, when you're going to him with a sin in mind that you're asking for forgiveness for, he really wants that contrite heart that you're asking for forgiveness and there's a repentance there. Repent, repentance means to turn. He wants you to turn away from that sin 180 degrees and walk with him. It's sometimes difficult. Sometimes it's more of a habit. Sometimes it could be an addiction. But he still wants you to turn. He's going to help you get out of this. But it says here, you hate my instruction and cast my words behind you. When you see a thief, you just join in with him. You throw in the lot with adulterers. You know, you're joining in. You use your mouth for evil and harness your tongue to deceit. You speak continually against your brother, gossip, slander, and slander your own mother's son. That's your brother, your own mother's son. These things you have done and kept silent. You thought I was altogether, you thought I was altogether like you, but I will rebuke you and accuse you to your face. Consider this. You who forgot God. Or I will tear you to pieces with none to rescue. He who sacrifices. Thank who's who's who sacrifices. Thank offering honors me. He prepares the way and I will show him the salvation of God. God is the only one that can give us salvation. We cannot save ourselves. He wants us to come. How? Um, He wants us to come. I'm going to go to, to Micah 6, 8. <clears throat> yeah, Micah 6, 8, <clears throat> where he says, this is what he wants. He has shown you, O man, what is good and what the Lord and, and what does the Lord require of you? Okay, this is a different translation than the one I memorized. I'm sorry. To act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. That's what he's looking for, is to act justly, to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. He's already shown us that. That's the way he wants us to walk with him. And he's had to cover all these things because he's seen it going on. Some of it in our lives right now. When you see a thief, okay, when you hate, you hate my instruction. Nobody wants to be told what to do. They want to go their own way. Cast my words behind you. You're throwing away whatever God's telling you to do. When you see a thief, you join in. You know how... They've had those riots all over the place this last year. And people will break into a building, break the glass of the store, whatever it is, and you see a dozen people run into the store and grab what they can get and run out. It's a perfect example. You see a thief and you join in. <clears throat> or pick up what they've dropped. You throw in your lot with adulterers. You know, you're standing in line in places where you shouldn't be. 
I was going to tell a story about Mark, but I don't think you'd appreciate it. Oh, gosh. I, I'll, I'll say it anyway. So Mark and I have this deal. And um, Sean, I don't know if... <laughs> okay, if if he gets upset, then I'm going to have to deal with it. And I've, I've told a couple of friends about this anyway. So when we're in Hawaii, I mean, we... Our hotel was right on the beach, and we're there a month, uh, just a couple of days shy, shy of a month. It was hard not to walk around with seeing, you know, girls in very little clothes. Every, you know, everybody had, I don't know what they call them, thong bikinis or um, floss bikinis. Well, we were two miles, maybe even two and a half miles away from the beach. And we were getting these really great Malasadas donuts, which are so good. They're 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 made out of almost like a bread dough, so they're very chewy. And or those beignets in in um Louisiana. And they fill them with all kinds of stuff, custard, chocolate, um, sauce, I mean, whatever. Anyhow, Mark and I have this deal. I don't know if you can say it. Okay, so if he looks a little too long at somebody, I get to pinch him or poke him, you know? So if his eyes land somewhere, and I'm trying to keep him... You know, I'm trying to keep him um, from from falling and, you know, protect me, too. <laughs> so and he could do that to me, too. So we have this deal that I could pinch him or poke him without anybody seeing, of course. And so I getting out of the car and I'm taking a little long and. We take a picture in front of this place because we want to post it. And Mark gets to the line before I do, and he's facing in a different direction from where we have to go into this place. And there's a there's a line. We're like number three in line. And there's a line inside the place, too. <laughs> so I get up there and he goes, don't pinch me. I'm not looking. <laughs> And I said, I look around and I see this girl in this like thong bikini in front of us. And I'm thinking, what is she doing here? We're so far away from any water, like two or three miles away. What is she in literally with nothing on? And he's like, do not pinch me, please. I'm not looking. So I'm thinking about the scripture. And that's all I could think about when I read it this morning. And it says, um, when you throw in your lot, when you see adulterers, you know, and the Bible talks about you've sinned already. If you, you know, you've committed adultery already, but he didn't. But I just thought of it. <laughs> thought it was funny. Anyhow, don't pinch me. Okay. Um <laughs> Okay, and so he he lists these things. You speak continually against your brother. I think that's the one that probably could get us into trouble. Um, just the complaining. Oh, my gosh. Um, the slander against your own mother's son. Yeah. So God is talking about all of this stuff. He wants us to come to him with a contrite heart. And that's why he loved David so much, that pure and contrite heart. And sometimes it's hard not to stumble. We all do it. Um, and, and even Paul said, I'm the chief of all sinners. We, we can't hide from the fact that we all sin. We're not perfect. There's only one perfect person, and that was the Lord. But there is stuff that we can do 
before we bring our offering to the Lord. That's to ask for forgiveness and turn, repent um, from your wicked ways, is what I was going to say. From my wicked ways. I'm, I'm, I'm right there in there with you guys. We're all sinners saved by grace. No perfect person here. Um, <clears throat> anyway, um, I did want to thank the Lord um, for this for this chapter. Um, it's how He really wants us to behave. Um, like it says here in Micah, to act justly, to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. Now, I did want to talk to the person that has never, ever made a commitment to Jesus. Maybe you're the type of person that um, feels like you don't need God, or you're smarter, or you don't believe in anything this book says, and you can trust in your own judgment. Um, the Bible says a fool will say in their heart, there is no God. I hate to be that direct, but it's true. I do want to ask you to consider Jesus. Um, there are thousands. I don't know how many prophecies there are in the book, in the, the Bible. I know there's hundreds. Um, and I think there's thousands. And every single prophecy that has been here in this Bible, I'm not talking about prophets that are prophesying today, and some may get it right and others may get it wrong. I'm talking about this book. Every single one of the prophecies, including all of the prophecies that prophesied that the Messiah, Jesus, was coming, they've all came to pass. And there's more to come, as you, you'll see in a lot of the books, Daniel, Revelation, Ezekiel. There's more prophecies there that we're still waiting for. You know, we're we're, a lot of people are talking about the end times right now or the last days. Yes, it's coming. And we need to be ready. So consider this book that has hundreds of prophecies in it, and they've all, those that have talk, been talked about have either come to pass or they're coming. Jesus is the only way, the truth, and the life. The Bible says no man, not one person, will come to the Father but through him. If you're that person, I would implore you to consider Jesus. I was thinking about how Job, um, with all the money he had, with all the wealth he had, with all the children he had, and he was just brought down only to get more. You know, the Lord gave him back what the loc locusts had eaten. But that scripture that says that God said, have you considered my servant Job? Have you considered Jesus? Jesus is your only way to heaven, your only way. You can um, either write me at On the Road with Jesus, and we can have a conversation about that. Or you can right now accept Jesus as your Savior. Um, we're going to ask you to ask him to forgive you, turn from your ways of the past, and accept Jesus into your heart. He's part of the triune God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, one God. And he died for your sins and mine and Sean's. So if you'd like to accept Jesus as your Savior right now, 
today would be good. Um, I'm asking you to, if you have to get on your knees, do it. If you want to just sit where you are, do it. But mean it in your heart. Just like God was saying to these Israelites. And he's saying this to us too when we're bringing our tithe to him or our sin to him. We need to be sorrowful. So that's what I'm asking you, to have that sorrowful heart of all the things that you've done in the past. It's not a magical prayer. It's just asking the Lord to forgive you for your sins and that you would follow him by turning away from this path that you're going to on right now to follow him. So um, close your eyes, get on your knees, come with a contrite heart. And here goes. Follow me, dear Jesus. I'm a sinner and have sinned against you. For, forgive me, Lord, for the things that I've said, done, or thought in the past in the present and in the future against you. Forgive me of sins that I don't even know I committed. I'd like to follow you, Lord. I'd like to turn away from my sin and the ways that I've been walking through right now. And I ask you, Lord, to come into my heart and lead and guide me into eternity. Thank you, Lord, for dying on the cross for me. I ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. So, if you have made a commitment to the Lord just now, you're welcome to call the station here at Hope Radio in Corona, California, or better yet, send me an email on the road with Jesus. Um, dot com, and um, go to my website and let us know that you've accepted the Lord. We've had people accept the Lord and and have contacted us. If you need a Bible or a re- or a suggestion at maybe a church to go to or one to follow online, we'll be happy happy to look that up for you. And no matter where you are, we'll 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 do some research for you and make sure that we can leave you lead you on this new path with the Lord. And for everyone else, thank you so much for joining us today. Get to our website if you need to um, communicate with us. Bye for now. Thank you for being here today for On the Road with Jesus with your host, Rhody Fisher. Every week, you'll hear experiences and testimonies from her and her friends as they share their journey with Jesus. You'll see that you're not alone in your search for God, your victories with Him, or your failures. If you have a question about today's show, email Rhody Fisher at rawfisher at ontheroadwithjesus.com, spelled R-A-H-F-I-S-H-E-R at ontheroadwithjesus.com, or leave a voicemail at 951-817-0094. That's 951-817-0094. On the Road with Jesus is sponsored by Global Expressions Language Project. Learn more at asquaredlamps.org. That's the letter A, squaredlamps.org. Be sure to join us each week at this same time for more On the Road with Jesus, hosted by Rody Fisher. Harvest Ministries and Greg Laurie present a new devotional book on marriage by authors Levi and Jenny Lusco. Levi told me that this is the book he wished he had been able to read, but it wasn't out there. So he wrote it with his wife. And there's a lot of great interaction between Levi and Jenny in this book. It's very personable. It's fun. So order your copy of The Marriage Devotional by Levi and Jenny Lusco, and we'll send it to you for your gift of any size. Available at harvest.org. Hi, I'm Ryan McFadden with We Love San Diego. 
As an actor, I got to share the screen with the likes of Robin Williams and Don Johnson and later became part of the MTV stand-up comedy tour. But through the power of the gospel, God radically changed my life and I believe that he can do the same for you. God has a purpose and a plan for your life that goes far beyond what you can imagine or think. For a powerful, life-changing message that will bless you and your family, don't miss We Love San Diego Sundays at 9 a.m. on K-Praise. What's right? What's left with Pastor Ernie Sanders? In my opinion, you're a fool if you believe in yourself more than God. Well, all right, God, look, I'll give you one hour Sunday morning, and that's yours. But don't ask for more. Don't don't interfere in my life. I got I've got life here, God, and uh, I don't need anybody. I can take care of things. That's a fool. That is a fool. Don't miss what's right, what's left. Weeknights at 7 p.m. and Sunday nights at 11 p.m. on K Praise. Hi, this is Ken Anderson from Walter Anderson Nursery. Garden Talk is back on the air. Join David Ross, Mark Mahady, George Allman, and myself Saturday mornings at 6 a.m. on K Praise 1210 a.m. and 106.1 FM North County. For all the latest information and trends going on in the gardening and horticultural world, we will have timely advice and information on seasonal topics, and we can answer your questions on the air. Once again, tune in to Garden Talk right here at 6 a.m. Saturday mornings. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.